Welcome to Wannabe Clutter Free, formerly Wannabe Minimalist, the podcast for busy families who are tired of the chaos, fed up with being overwhelmed, and ready to enjoy life again. Each week, we talk about how to let go of the clutter so that you can focus on the things that actually matter. And it's not just physical clutter. We talk about the mental and emotional stuff too, because if it's holding you back, it's time to ditch it. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Well, hello there, my friend. Welcome back to the show. I'm Deanna Yates, and you are listening to episode 179 of the Wanna Be Clutter Free podcast. I am so excited for today. I am chatting with Jenny Layton about organizing and decluttering. We talk about mindsets, and we talk about letting go of perfection, embracing our values, and where to start if you have no idea. We have this really cool concept about the number one place that you should start to organize when you are starting from scratch and you're overwhelmed. So it's a really great conversation, and I know you are going to get so much from it. She and I have a lot of similarities. She approaches things from an organizing perspective, and I approach them from a decluttering perspective, but I think our end goals are actually very similar. So I think you will really love it. But before we get into today's conversation, I just want to say thank you so much for joining me. I am so grateful you are here. It is the middle of November when this is airing, and this time of year just makes me really reflect on all the wonderful things I have in my life, and you listening to this are one of the things that I am extremely grateful for, so I do not take that lightly. I love that you are here, and I want to make sure that I bring you a show and information that is helpful and encourages you into taking action because I know you can listen to this and walk away feeling motivated and inspired, but until you actually take action, you won't see the changes for real in your life and they are tangible and they are real and they will make a big difference. So thank you for listening, but make sure that you actually take some action based on what you hear today. And if you enjoy what you hear, can you do me a big favor and share this episode with someone that you think would enjoy it? You can share it via text or email. If you're listening to this on your phone, all you have to do is hit that little share button. You can even share it on social media. If you do that and you tag me, I will uh, do my best to reshare it. And I do love getting those messages. So just let me know how I can help you and What will make you want to share this show even more? Because when you share this show, it helps me get the word out for how letting go of your clutter can free you up to a world of possibilities that you never imagined possible. And I am on a mission to spread that message to as many women as I can, because I really do think that the world filled with women who believe in themselves would be an amazing place. Don't you? Speaking of amazing women, let's learn more about my guest this week. Jenny Layton is a leading organization expert, mindset coach, and creator of the Life Organized podcast. She helps busy moms get organized so they can do what they love without sacrificing what matters most. And as a mom of five, she knows her way around organizing a busy schedule. So give this episode a listen, and when you're done, head over to wannabeclutterfree.com slash 179 to get the show notes for today's episode with links to Jenny's website and her abundant free resources. Again, you can find it all at wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 179. And now let's get to our conversation. Well, hi, Jenny. Welcome to Wanna Be Clutter Free. How are you doing today? 
I'm doing great. So excited for this conversation. It's going to be a good one. Me too. And I know that your expertise is more on the organizing side, and I talk so much more about the decluttering side. So I think this is going to be a really great marriage between the two topics. And I just love your energy. And so I'm excited about today. This is going to be a lot of fun. Thank you. I'm excited too. Yeah, for sure. But before we dive in too much, let's have you tell us about you and how you got to this place and how you help busy families. Okay. So when I first was married, I started my own little business and I loved it. It was such a fun opportunity for me to develop my skills and progress and be successful and really just discovered something that I didn't know I had in me. So for about a year, I grew this business and loved it and had so much success. But what I started noticing was that the rest of my life was unraveling behind the scenes. I had one little baby and just running a home with just even one baby. I just found myself stretched so thin all over the place. And I reached that threshold of, I just had to decide how I could keep going forward and was really thoughtful and prayerful about it and just came to the conclusion that there had to be a better way to manage my home and my family so that I could have the bandwidth to do something I really cared about. So I stepped away from the business and really took the next decade or more to really invest in what does it look like to create a home and a family life that's automated and meaningful and that I could feel on top of. I didn't really know what would come at the end of that. I just knew that's what I felt called to do. But ironically, once I realized how efficient I had become and how my home was running like a well machine. And I was so fulfilled in what I was doing with my family. Like those pieces were all in place. I still had a little empty space in wanting to do something of my own and that ambition that I had. And it just fell into my lap that I could teach other women how to do this. And so when I have clients and students and followers who are overwhelmed. I love to help them get systems in place in their home so that they feel organized and on top of things. Teach them how to manage their time because that's a huge component. You've got to know how to be able to get things done, especially as you're a home manager and a mother. There are so many miscellaneous tasks. And if you have ambition outside of that, not necessarily even professional, but maybe you want to get back into shape or maybe you have some nonprofit that you want to volunteer for, or just some hobby you're really passionate about, you need to know how to have things under wraps so that you've got bandwidth and space to do that. And so I just found so much joy and purpose in helping women do that in their lives. So that's what I help my clients do. We do a lot of organization. We do a lot of time management. And then the mindset piece behind it is critical. So you'll find that all over in the work that I do. Nice. I think we'll dive into some of that mindset today. What was the first business? I'm curious. So I did a direct sales company and it was the theft. I don't know if you have any of those little tools. Yep. It's so funny. I joke about how I sold women all of these tools and then I turned around and became a professional organizer and then get rid of a bunch of them <laughs> after they'd seen their day. They were great products, the life cycle of those things. So yeah, really rewarding though. It was a great opportunity to 
learn how to run a business and learn how to work with a team and learn how to lead. And so just a really great experience. Any of those businesses are amazing. So yeah, it's a great opportunity, hard to step away from, but has definitely been the right path for me and really fulfilling where I'm at now. Cool. Thanks for sharing. I just, I like to dive in a little bit more. <laughs> you have five children, correct? So you have to be on top of things in order for your home to run. And I can imagine we only have one, but definitely still super busy. And I can just imagine having five with all the different activities and the different ages and the different things they're into. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. Like, what are some of your tips? I don't know. We might be getting a little too into our deep into it, but I'm curious, how do you stay on top of five kids? And what are the, you don't have to tell us how too much about them, but the difference in age from your oldest to your youngest. So my oldest is 24 and my youngest is 12. So it's a pretty good spread. And now we're entering a phase of learning how to parent adults, which is a learning curve. It's wonderful. I love it. Uh, my daughter, who's my second child, is getting married in a month. And so we're navigating, managing that. And I have three teenage girls at home. So that is an adventure. This is why I thought from the moment I had those three little girls at the end, I thought there is going to be about a five-year stretch that's going to be all hands on deck. And here we are. We're in it. And it's it's wonderful. I love them and they're so much fun. And there's a lot of coaching that goes on there. But I'll tell you, I do remember those years when they were between the ages of one and 13. And that was a whole different challenge. And organization is an absolute must all the way through wherever, whatever stage of life you're at, because without organization, the clutter builds up and then you start to lose control. You start to be reactive. You're behind the eight ball. You're putting out fires and that's just not a way to live. So organization just tends to be that steady thread that helps you stay on top of things and live a life that you really love. Yes. Okay. So let's dive in because there is such, like you say, an inseparable connection between, especially for women, how we feel successful in, ho at our, in our home and how we feel successful in the rest of our lives. So one, can we talk about maybe why this feels like such a big thing for women? Um, and then two, what can we do about it? I just think by contrast, men seem to be able to compartmentalize really well. They can not be worrying about the birthday that's coming up tomorrow and the child that was struggling when they went to school. But for women, and I believe it's probably the way our brains are engineered, we just have that ability to multitask and it's hard to shut everything off. So we're entering a stage of life where women work a lot more and that is becoming really relevant as women need to have less stress and need to find ways to be successful without going down with the ship, without as the home is when the family is in chaos, the woman finds herself tied to that. And so it's really important that we develop these skills because it's really hard to just shut it off. So I just like to say that I think the conversation today kind of hinges on a principle that I use a lot in my coaching, and that is that tangible clutter becomes intangible clutter. And I think that's especially relevant for women. But I know on the show, we talk a lot about clutter and you know what clutter is and how it impacts us. But if you just think about those moments where you are surrounded by tangible clutter, you've got that main area of your home and there's the backpacks and the dishes and the mail and the kids' toys and whatever else is out. What starts happening inside that tangible clutter immediately translates to overwhelm, distraction, 
loss of um, motivation. And so the first place to always start is with that tangible clutter, because once we clear that, it just has that connection right into stilling our mind. And then we have better focus and we know what to do next. So I think one of the questions that I get a lot is, where do I even start? I've got my counseling mess, my closets are a mess. I have clutter everywhere. I feel really reactive. Where is the place to start? And I always say there is only one place to start. And it's simple and it's doable and everyone can be successful with it. And it's with this little concept I call home base. So can I take a minute to explain what that is? Yeah. What is home base? Okay. So home base is the area of your home that when it's messy, you just feel out of control. But when it's clean, you feel like you can take a deep breath and focus. And I'm just curious, I'm sure envisioning a space in your home that works that way. Yeah. So our home is, so my office, which I'm in right now is in the middle of the house. So we have this kind of little, this used to be the dining room, but they added on uh, to the back of the house. So our dining room is now over there, but it's this great room area. So it's all of this space. So if my desk and the entry and the living room is a mess, yeah, that's not really working for me. So I love that you were just able to envision that and um, identify with that so quickly. And I think that's probably what listeners are doing as well is typically for people, it's that main cockpit area where you spend most of the time in your home. So it could be the kitchen and the dishes. In our home, we've got like a kitchen family room connected, that great room. That's my home bank. And it just makes sense that because that clutter impacts us so much. That becomes our top priority that's just automatic and immediate that when we feel overwhelmed or when we need to clean up the house or when we have a routine, that's the first thing that we go to because immediately when we take care of that space, we're going to feel more clear-headed to decide what really needs to be done. I find that without the concept of home base, and I know we all know, let's do our dishes, let's clean up my desk, but once we leave home base, it just becomes this go-to that starts to become automatic and non-negotiable. And without that, you feel overwhelmed and you find yourself cleaning up the toy room or going through papers in the office or running a load of laundry and you're distracted, bouncing between things and you turn around and still don't feel that relief that you're really looking for. But with home base, it just eliminates all of that. We're all about making decisions ahead of time so that we're not having to figure things out in the moment. And when we can create some systems and routines around home base specifically, then we avoid a lot of the chaos that kind of disables us in the first place and keeps us from being able to be effective. So home base is absolutely the first place to start. And we've got some really great routines around how to implement that, but it's doable. It's free. It's fast. I recommend we're not deep cleaning. We're not making something that has to be perfect. It's 10 minutes or less and we make it fast and easy. And it's amazing the transformation I see in clients' lives when they nail that system and routine specifically. Yeah, it's interesting. I call it the five-minute power tidy, and I recommend doing it, yeah, at the end of the night, not at the end of the night, but like later in your day. Um, Because again, when we're living in it, life happens, right? We're lifing in our house. We live here. This isn't a magazine spread. This Things happen. Kids come in. Playdates happen. We're making crafts. It's Halloween this week when we're recording this. So there's costume stuff all over my house. And it's okay because it's the moment in time. Like again, I don't go for perfection. I actually don't even think perfection exists because 
when we get to that next step of what we thought was perfect, we realize, oh, there's somewhere else I want to go. So life to me is like a staircase. It's like you just get to the next level and you keep going. And so I I hate that concept of perfect because I do think it shuts us down. But I do love that, just that moment of take a minute, figure out. And it's interesting because it works perfect with that home base idea of if you could establish back to what your kind of stasis is, it makes more sense and you'll feel better. And right, if I'm sitting at my desk here and look over to my living room and there's laundry everywhere or the backpack is strewn all over the floor or whatever, it totally cuts out my creativity too, right? So I now no longer am where I need to be able to do deep work or whatever I'm wanting to do, be creative. I can't, I'm all of a sudden, there's this term called procrasticlutter. I'm having a really hard time saying that word where you just, you procrastinate on the stuff that you quote unquote should be doing, the things you want to be doing to move your life forward because you're just trying to get a handle on this stuff. And you, I listened to one of your episodes talking about the brain and how it wants to do the easy things. And so you want to be into, yeah, right. Let's talk about just an example for my life. I want to be here. I want to be doing this podcast. I want to be thinking of researching, making sure I put on a good show. But if I, my house is a mess, my brain doesn't want to do the hard work. It wants to just be like, no, just clean up. You'll feel better. Just go piddle over there do that or do this, whatever. So talk to us about that a little bit. Why do we do that? Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. And when we come back, Jenny will share more of her organizing tips. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Well, I think, first of all, you just gave a beautiful illustration of the principle that intangible clutter becomes intangible clutter because what you're seeing starts to block your creativity. So I love that you shared that example with listeners. And I think just having that automatic routine, if I'm hearing the question, like, how do we stay on top of that clutter? So I think just having that recognition, that is the space that I need to make sure I take care of, and then building that into an automatic routine for yourself every day. So one of the things that I wanted to talk about today is the concept of habit hooks. And I think this is a really great place to introduce that idea. We have in mind these things that we need to do, such as home base or working on your podcast or for listeners at home, maybe it's working out. There's all of these ideas and these ambitions and goals that we have. How do we get ourselves to do it? And what's really helpful is if we get really specific about when is a good time for us to do it? When is my energy aligned with what needs to be done? For example, I've learned I don't like working out later in the day. I love to work out earlier in the morning. That's when I have my energy and I can intend to do it. But the morning will go by and I won't have done it because I didn't have anything that really launched me into action. I think same thing applies when we're talking about wanting to clean up home base. It's a great idea, but all of a sudden it's lunchtime. It's the afternoon and the breakfast dishes are still on the table. And now I haven't been effective with my kids present or great at work, whatever it is. So the concept that I love to use is called a habit hook. And what that means is when you have a habit that you want to start doing, we want to hook it to an existing habit. Because after a few weeks of consciously connecting those two things, your brain's going to start to automatically connect them so that one action starts to lead to the other. So one of the ways that I really love to encourage people to practice home base is if they get to be home after kids leave first school or just after the, even if they have little kids that need to get up and get breakfast and kind of get ready, that they have a habit hook of when I walk in the door from driving my kids to school or when the kids walk out the door to go to the bus or as soon as I get the baby down from her high chair and we're done with breakfast, that is my hook that launches me into I automatically go over and unload the dishwasher, start clearing the counters and pick up the morning debris that's happened. Habit hooks are an incredible asset to any time management strategy and just a really great way to stay on top of behavior in general. We have so many things we do automatically. There are habit hooks everywhere in our day. And I want you to think about if you're trying to remember to, I don't know, read something inspirational every day, have a habit hook that before you get to look at your phone, you're going to read something inspirational. Or if you're trying to remember to get up and exercise in the morning, then every time you go to the bathroom in the morning, you go right into getting into your exercise clothes. It just starts to associate things. Those hooks really are a benefit in creating new behavior and helping you be consistent. And most importantly, as you mentioned the brain earlier, just starting to automate that behavior because nobody wants to reinvent the wheel. Nobody wants to put something down on their list day after day and try to make themselves do it. We are in a really great place when that behavior starts to become automatic. And I found habit hooks are just a really easy, simple way to start to automate that behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. We do that too. Yeah. I was just thinking as you were talking about the, the kitchen, I'm like, yep, it's Here's breakfast. And then while everyone's eating, while my daughter's eating at the table and with my husband, I'm usually unloading the dishwasher. It's right there. I've got my cup of coffee. Takes And the other thing I do is time the tasks. They don't actually take that long. I remember first starting being like, oh, I don't want to do it. I'll just do it later. And then being like, first off, 
that's not going to help because it has to be done by the end of the day. And if I don't unload those dishes, then it piles into lunch because both my husband and I work from home. So we're always eating lunch here too. So then it's okay. Then do I do it at lunch? Or now I've got dirty dishes on top of clean dishes. And then it makes dinner difficult because then you've got, now I've got lunch and breakfast dishes and clean dishes and it just becomes too overwhelming. So it's, if you just take a minute, I like to time it, and really putting the dishes away took a minute. One minute. It didn't take that long. It just in my head felt like it would take much, much longer than it actually did. I love it. I love those habit hooks. Yeah. That just really aligns with the way that the brain works in general. The brain wants everything be easy, simple, not take a lot of time. And so we just have to really know how to work with our brain when it comes to following through with these things. Habit hooks slide a new behavior in through the back door that the brain quickly adopts. But when you get a lot of resistance and you really don't want to do something, really like confronting the brain with, look, we can't do this for a minute. I think we can do this one minute. In fact, I'll make you a clock. We'll set a timer and after one minute you can stop. Because the other thing the brain really hates to do is it hates to stop. Whatever it's doing, to keep doing. And I bet you've noticed, and listeners I'm sure have noticed that when you get started, it might be hard to start organizing, but once you start and then the kids come home or you get interrupted, you're bothered because you don't want to stop. So it's just a really fast relationship to develop with your brain and learn how to work with it. And I think in that is the key to really having long lasting habits that serve you. I love it. I also love that you can totally tell you're a mom because you were talking to your brain like it was your child. And I love it. <laughs> I've had five kids to teach me how to interact with this type of intelligence. <laughs> oh my God. So good. Okay. What do you see is the difference between decluttering and organizing? So I actually teach two different strategies. I have one strategy that's called Organize Your Space, and it's my professional organizing system. And that's when you're setting aside some time, several hours, you're emptying out a space like a cabinet or a closet or a pantry, and you're doing it the real way. You've got containers and you're just getting in deep. I love that. That is actually not the strategy that I teach the most, however, because most people need a quick go-to and a quick pick-me-up and something that is sustainable that they can do more frequently. So that is a very valuable strategy. But really, I back up and before I even teach that, I teach a concept called clutter busters. And that's just a strategy that's very aligned with what I've heard from you. Just take 10 is kind of, we set that timer for 10 minutes. We pick a space. We're not worried about new containers. We're not worried about making it beautiful. It is just a, let's just get stuff out of the house or let's just get stuff put back where it's supposed to go. And I think both skills are really valuable. I think on a regular basis, we need to be developing that clutter busting skill. Just as we run into clutter, is it become second nature to just clear things out? And then we will have that buildup because like you said, life being happens inside of our home. Even as a professional organizer, I think there's these unrealistic standards that I get held to that every cabinet looks like the container store and it doesn't, I don't have time for that. And I don't love spending my time that way all the time, but it does reach the point. In fact, this morning I was getting my kids ready for school and got into my Tupperware drawer to put something away. And I was like, this is not going to work. <laughs> so before I knew it, I had it all pulled out and I was matching up lids and my kids are like, what are you doing? I'm like, give me a minute because I can't function in this anymore. We reached that point. Project needs to be done. But I look at uh, clutter busters and decluttering more as it's a surface issue on the countertop, on the dresser, kind of on the floor. 
And then even occasionally we can declutter within a drawer, within a cabinet, without having to be perfect about it, which I think is a topic we want to get to. It's perfection. We are already touched that. But I think it's an essential skill set to be able to pivot from that perfection of containers and beautiful and what we see all over in social media and just that everyday skill of being able to keep up and not get behind and not have the tangible clutter just start to overtake things. I like that. And I agree. It is, it's sometimes nerve wracking to tell people what I do. Oh, what do you do? I have a podcast. Oh, what's it about? Decluttering. Oh, your house must be so organized. And I'm like, I know where everything is. I, if I need something, I can find it. For me, that feels like success. But they, in their mind, envision the perfect Pinterest and Instagrams. And I'm like, my pantry does not look like that. But I stay on top of it, like the way I grocery shop, make sure I look through the pantry and I use up the things we have so we don't have the scary, mysterious things that are in there after five years. And so it's more for me a functional than form, right? Form is function over form. Isn't that the architectural thing where it's like beauty over being able to actually use it? And so I love the organizing piece. I would love if my house would look like that. Do I know if I could keep it up? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's one of those things where it's interesting listening to you talk about the Tupperware drawer. Things like that do, for me, just get out of place. And that's why decluttering was such a big thing for me. It was like, I just had to have less stuff to manage so that I could make it function. So that if I did want to put those pieces in place, it would stay better and would make it. But it's interesting. I love that I am not alone in the expectations of others and knowing that, you know what, it is what it is. And if you're listening to this and you are thinking, gosh, everybody has these perfect, beautiful Pinterest and Instagram cabinets, we don't all live that way. And it is okay. Let's pause for another quick ad break. And when we come back, Jenny and I will continue this amazing conversation. You will not want to miss it. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. 
All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics, depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff. Oh, this is the part of the conversation that needed to happen today because everyone at home just be like, I hope you feel relieved. I hope the bubble has burst that there is anyone living in perfection. And if they are good, that's great for them. They must really enjoy spending their time that way. And that's okay. We all get to choose what we want to do. But I think an important message here is being organized or living a decluttered life, it doesn't have to look a certain way. And I would encourage you to start to let go in your head that tells you what it needs to look like because it's not, we are so influenced by social media and by images that we see. And I think we're all smart enough to know there's been enough teaching about, you can't look at a swimsuit model and really compare yourself because they're aircraft and they're filtered and their career is to look that way. And that is not what our priority is. So we can't compare that. I want to invite you to look at those pictures that you see of that perfect organization in the same way. It is the same concept. It's just a different form. And as unrealistic as it might be to try to pursue a perfect body, don't waste your time trying to pursue a perfect home. That's not worth it. That's not what we're after. My favorite thing I help clients do is get organized so that what? What matters to you? Do you want to work and elevate in your profession? Do you want to spend more time with your family and be more present? Do you just want to be more at peace? Great. Let's figure out what that curve looks like so that we can get you to that point and then not keep working towards the destination that really doesn't exist. I think you mentioned earlier, perfection just doesn't exist. I like to say perfectionism is like the GPS system from the twilight zone. Have you ever plugged an app? Yes. And you just, it's like you've arrived and you're like, I'm in a field. This is not the mall. I feel like perfectionism sets those type of coordinates in our brain that if we do A, B, and C and do it well enough, that we will have this image that in our heads of what it's supposed to look like. And it just leads us in circles. So let's step out of that and really trust what feels good for you, what works for you. And I've got a catchphrase that I love to give. When we can name these things, we can give, for example, home base now has a name, right? It's big. I just need to clean my house up. It's, I got to take care of home base and send you specifically what you need to do and what that looks like. Around the topic of perfectionism, I love to give my clients the, the tool of done is better than perfect. So if you're listening, write that down and hang it up on the fridge, whatever you need to do, because done exists you can complete something. Perfection, you can just keep going and going. And so you set yourself up for a lot of stress if you think that perfectionism is the goal. Let's just go for done. That's good. I love that. Such a big fan of that concept of, yes, 
Let's get it done and work on what matters to you, right? What do you value? That's been coming up a lot more in my life. And I don't know if it's this season, right? If this time of year, when people start talking about that as we get closer to the holidays and being grateful and having gratitude and the giving spirit and all that kind of stuff. But definitely that the value-based living has been coming up a lot more just in everything I'm reading and people I'm talking to. I love that it's coming up here again as well, because there are things that could be important to you. And it's so interesting. We've traveled a ton as a family and going from different places, like seeing how people are affected in one area versus another, like culturally or just even styles, like I would notice, like we've lived in Chicago and the vibe of an interior design in Chicago is way different than the vibe now that we live in San Diego. And it's just so interesting because people just value different things. The reason people live a different way or have different things is because they value different things and that is okay. So yes, just like you were saying, take that moment and just step back and really look at it with a fresh eye and say, what is it about this that I like? What is it about this? Does this really feel like it would be something that would work in my, not work in my life, but be important to me in my life? And just taking it from that lens instead of just seeing something and being like, oh, I wish I could do that, or I'm never going to do that, or I'm never going to be able to have that, or it just, that wouldn't work for me. Maybe, but maybe you just have to tweak it to fit you and then it will click and feel better. So yeah, I love that. Yeah. I think that we too often we do things because we think we have to. And there's a great quote by Stephen Covey, the author of Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And he said, don't lean your ladder up against the wrong wall. That if you lean your ladder up against the wrong wall, you're just, the faster you climb, you're just getting to a result you don't really want. So make sure that you're being intentional about what your values are Lean your ladder up against that wall so that the effort you're putting forth is getting you to a destination you really want to get to. That's really relevant. About Let's not get caught up in the house has to look a certain way. My family has to look a certain way. I have to look a certain way. My time and schedule has to look a certain way. Let's step away from all of that and just take a step back and ask yourself, what do you want? What man, you feel good? When have you felt the most at peace? So let's map out a course to that destination. And then, of course, the conversation I love around that is the mindset, right? Around matter that comes up that's, but aren't I supposed to? Isn't this what a good mom does? This isn't what my mom did. All of that's where the mindset piece comes in. And that's a great conversation as well. But we're on the right track of we're leaning the ladder up against the right wall. Yeah, so good. And then, right, because if you lean it up against the wrong wall, like you said, no matter how fast you go, you're not going to get to where you want to be. But if you hang it to the right wall, even if it's slow going, you will get further over time because you're making progress in the way you want to be going versus... Just if you get all the way to the quote unquote finish line on the wrong wall, you're going to have to come all the way back down and start from rung one again. We're using that ladder. And then you're going to be quote unquote behind. Again, I don't like to put it into a ahead or behind or whatever. It's you're in your race against yourself. There is no one else you need to be comparing yourself to. But just it doesn't matter how fast you go as long as you are going in the right direction, the direction that matters for you. You should write that down. That was a great quote. We'll do it. All right. Everyone write that down. I've got it recorded so I can just, or just rewind it and then listen to it again. 
world is so eager to tell us who we need to be. And when we listen to that, we get more and more out of touch with who we really are. And so if nothing else in the conversation, I just think it's really important to step outside that box and give yourself permission to live life in a way that feels good to you. And ironically, decluttering and organization, mindset, time management are all just incredible tools to help you be able to do that. Yeah, it's definitely, I was going to ask you, what, do you have any like big questions or things you think people should start to ask themselves? But I think right there, what you said with the decluttering, the organizing, I did feel a huge shift when I started to let go of the things that felt to me came with expectations, right? Something that was gifted to me that maybe didn't really fulfill something in my life. People ask about gifts a lot. And I know gifts are so guilt-ridden. And as we go into the holiday season, there are going to be lots of gifts going around. I think too, having conversations with our families and like really talking about here are the things we need or here are the things we'd really want. Maybe talking about a journey if you're on a decluttering journey and saying, we are really trying to cut back on the amount of physical items we have in our home. We would love if you would gift us something. If you give people a suggestion, I think they're much more receptive than, look, we're really trying not to add stuff to our house. Right. Well, people appreciate the direction. Well, it's hard to think of what to give people. Totally. 100%. Yes. Just think about how you're trying to, you're struggling to think of gifts for other people as well. And if you give people that clarity, it is much better on both ends. But I did feel as I let go of stuff, as I took off these top layers of things that just we really didn't need in our home, it did allow so much more breathing room and gave us a lot more clarity on what we actually valued and what we wanted. And so... Other than that, do you have anything else that people should do to start figuring out what their values are? This is very simple, but I like simple. I love simple. Obviously, we value clutter-free and minimalism. I always come back to the question of what do you want? And that might seem like a really vague question, but in different circumstances, that's a really easy go-to thing to ask yourself, pull out of your back pocket. And as you're at the store contemplating what to buy, or as you're thinking about the holidays and what you want to bring into your home or commitments, opportunities to get involved with different things, if you could just have that default question of, but what do you really want? What makes you feel good? I think that just brings you back to a little bit of reality. So you're not getting swept up into, but this is the kids are supposed to have these many presents or moms are supposed to volunteer at the school or like whatever the thing is, what do you want will bring you back to yourself and help you be more level-headed before you bring clutter into your life. Love it. I love simple. <laughs> yeah. Simple is always the best way to go. Start simple. You can always complicate things, but try to make it as easy as possible at first and add on as we go. Jenny, this has been wonderful. I know everyone is going to want to follow up and there is so much more we could talk about. So we're going to have to continue this conversation another time. So where can people find you? So the easiest place to find me is on my podcast. It's called Life Organized. So look for me there. My website is called The Happy Gal, and I am on social media, specifically Facebook and Instagram as JL, for Jenny Layton, my name, JL, The Happy Gal. 
So you can message me there and reach me, find me on my website. There's some great resources. And again, that podcast is a really fun way to just pick up this conversation and get some more training on those incredible things, the mindset, the time management, the organization, just really great conversations there. Yeah, super fun. And I have listened to it. It is a good podcast. So definitely check that out. And we'll have the links in the show notes. It'll be really easy for people to find you on all of those places. Thank you. Of course. But one of my favorite ways to end every episode is with some rapid fire questions. And so the first one is, what does clutter-free mean to you? It means you get to live life proactively. You're not behind the eight ball responding all Ooh, that's a good one. Ooh, proactively. I love it. That's, that might be, have to be my word for 2024, proactive. It feels so good. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And that is that to me is the opposite of overwhelm. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. All right. Number two is what is one thing you want listeners to take away from today's show? I know we covered a lot of different topics, but if there's one thing that they honed in on, or just maybe we missed something, there's something you want people to know. What is it? The thing that messes people up the most is the picture in their head of what it's supposed to look like. So let that go. Step out of that. What works for you? Go after that. That's going to be your best guide. So good. And then the last one, what is making you happy right now or in this season of your life? I love this question. Talking about decluttering, I just decluttered my life quite a bit. I had a lot of commitments. And I mentioned earlier, I have a daughter getting married and the holidays are around the corner and several other things happening in my family. And it was so hard to let go of some things that I just love, but it was creating too much stress in my life. And so as I let go of those things and now have space in my life to get things done, I am so much happier. So that's a general thing, just the space. I made space in my life and that has been more nourishing than anything else I could be doing. So I love that. So good. And such a good reminder as we go into this holiday season and we go into the new year to, yes, take a look at the things that have always been there and maybe they're not serving you at where you are in life. Because again, there are different seasons of life. Things change, right? You now have adult children. Your your second oldest is getting married. That is a big difference from where I am right now with a 10-year-old. The things that we do now should not be the things that we are expected to do in the next, even next year or five years or 10 years. Just what a wonderful reminder that, yes, we deserve the moment to, yeah, reevaluate and do what makes us happy. I love that. Thank you. Those are great questions. And thank you so much for having me on the show. This has been so much fun. Oh, it was my pleasure, Jenny. Thank you for all the wonderful advice you shared. And like I said, we're going to have to do it again because there is, we just touched the tip of the iceberg. I have so many more questions we were supposed to get to, but this was so good. So we'll definitely be looking out for part two. I would love that. Thank you. Yeah. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. I love connecting with other women who are passionate about helping others and raising up other women to do amazing things in their life and thus changing the world. She has been there. She has five kids. And so she has gone through the trenches. She knows what it is like to have all the different activities to take care of. And now she's even moving into a new phase with adult children. So it was really interesting to get her perspective on 
what it means to be organized, the differences between organizing and decluttering, how to move past perfection. Come on, can we all just get rid of perfection? I know that is much easier said than done, but I loved her perspective on it. And there were some really great truth bombs. So make sure you head back and listen to those if you didn't catch them the first time. This is one that I am going to be able to listen to on repeat. That is for sure. But I would absolutely love to hear your thoughts in the episode. What were some of your favorite tips? Are there ways you're going to be able to let go of perfectionism? What are the things that you value that you're going to put more of your effort into? And then what are some of those things you're going to let go of and be okay saying, you know what, that is not something that I or my family value. And so it's no big deal. I don't need to do that anymore because I would love to cheer you on. So go ahead and comment on this post. You can do it on Instagram. You can comment on the post that is actually in Instagram, or you can send me a DM. I am wannabe clutter-free on the social channels, or you can come over to the wannabe minimalist family group on Facebook and share with the community. We would absolutely love to chat with you in our discussion thread over there for this episode. Or you could also leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can comment on this episode on Spotify, or you can comment on YouTube. And remember, if you know someone who would enjoy this episode, don't forget to share it with them. It might just be the thing that they need today. Of course, special thanks to Jenny for joining us on the show and for sharing about her journey, some amazing tips for us to try in our own life, and just letting us know that it is okay to be who we truly are. I love that concept of the home base. It makes so much sense. I love that she's one of those people that just names the things because it does make it easier for us to then focus our energy and our effort in the right place without having to deal with our brain getting in the way. If you want to make sure that you get the detailed show notes for today, make sure you follow Jenny. Go over to wannabeclutterfree.com slash 179. Again, that's wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 179 to find out more about Jenny and to get access to all of her resources. And as always, thank you so much for joining me today. With that, I hope you have an amazing day and I will see you back here next week. It is Thanksgiving week and I'm going to be talking all about gratitude and the different things that I am thankful for in my life. Some of them might actually surprise you. So make sure you join it. Join me if you are just looking for a way to kind of unwind during what is generally a very busy week, then give it a listen. Until next time, take care, think clutter-free, and remember, I believe in you. I know you can do anything that you put your mind to. I'm Deanna Yates, and you've been listening to Wanna Be Clutter-Free. I'll see you next week. Cheers. Real truth alert, pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were, but the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom and Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. 
Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health.